Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Reanimated. My name is Stuart, uh, one of the hosts, and the other host with me this fine morning is H.A. Conrad coming out of New York. How are you? Um, as well as can be expected. How are you? Similarly as expected, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, we're bringing all the heat and energy today, but um, we <laughs> are bringing, uh, we're coming, we're also coming to the podcast looking at a new show or new to us. It came out last fall. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of news about San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, which is coming up just in a week or two, uh, where there's going to be a fair amount of zombie and vampire news dropping, it seems, uh, from a few different providers. Um, so that'll be fun to talk about. Uh, anything else we need to uh, address? Anything terrifying or zombie-like happening in Brooklyn today? How are, how's the cemetery doing? You still walking through there? Oh, yeah, I still walk through there. I, I have to go in this weekend. I haven't been in, in a while, um, but it's beautiful. It's, you know, it's a, it's a cool little nature preserve. So still still loving that. Um, I have not seen any zombie hamsters about. Uh, so that's good. What uh, was that story set? The zombie hamster story? You know, I don't remember. I, it's some lab, undisclosed lab. It texted um, me about it. So I don't. These confounded cell phone machines it basically said researchers i don't know that it gave like a specific lab Um, okay i like but i mean the i think it's enough to know that they basically created rage hamsters um which seems when they were trying to create uh docile hamsters i do know that it's in the u.s so oh ah Oh, interesting. Georgia State University, my friend. So, you know, ground zero well. for Walking Dead. <laughs> well, mm. well, we don't know where ground zero for The Walking Dead was, do we? Or do we? Mm. Do we know who the first zombie was? Was it that yeah. uh, heroin addict in, in uh, Los Angeles? That, I don't know. Uh, well, well, we might find out during Tales of the Walking Dead because it might have been in France, right? Uh, it might have been, but I feel like there's been a few news articles re- recently where they're like, we're never going to tell you. And nor but, should they. Like, no. I've seen those headlines, too. Like, Walking Dead boss never was was never even interested in revealing the uh, source of the. Of course, he shouldn't be. No, because it takes all the mystery. Of course. Yeah. Shouldn't. Jeez, anyways. Louise. It's like, oh, what did Jaws's mom and dad look like? Were they also large sharks? <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Settle down. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but yeah. So we're not here to just um, vex, be vexed at, uh, at, at internet headlines. We are also here to talk about San Diego, San Diego Comic Con, which is apparently the only way I can say that. <laughs> I feel uh, like you really want to say it that way. So I don't. It just keeps just happening. Roll, just roll with it. Just roll with it. It's I'm gonna. Good. I'm gonna. So there are a couple of panels about The Walking Dead. One of these kids is not like the others here. Fear the Walking Dead, nowhere to be seen. There's no well, panel on probably Fear the hiding. They're probably hiding now. I wouldn't blame them. Samus and Goldberg are under 24-hour protective custody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the Tales of the Walking Dead panel is on Friday, July 22nd um, at 1230. And Paul H., I don't care. I'm not going to be there. I'm kind of, I want, my big question about all of these is, will any of this make it to YouTube? I don't think it will. Like that undercuts the entire reason for having a con, right? Or maybe it will like weeks later. Yeah, they're probably not going to do it. Although I don't know, like it feels like people are trying to do hybrid stuff kind of unsuccessfully, but I I feel like it'll take all the excitement out of it. Um, but who knows? I mean, yeah, 
I guess we'll see. Well, this uh, even just the blurb announcing the co- the panel for Tales of the Walking Dead, which is the upcoming spinoff, uh, it also announces the premiere date, which is August 14th. And that's fantastic. Not as soon as we'd like it, but there's some other stuff in, Ju- in July that means this will be great. It will give us time to, to process. Yeah. And this panel will feature Scott Gimple, uh, Channing Powell, who's the showrunner. Uh, Michael Satrazimus is the director and EP, and he was the showrunner for The World Beyond, as I recall, right? Or was mm-hmm. that Matthew Negrete? I thought it was Satrazimus. It might have. I, I don't recall. And then Terry Crews, Samantha Morton, a.k.a. Alpha. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny Ramirez, who I, I believe is one of the other cast members from Tales of the Walking Dead, also had a small but speaking role on uh, Winter, no, not Winter Soldier, but the, the Falcon TV show, mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so they will have their panel and I believe they will, you know, reveal some new bits and bobs about that show. I'm still unreasonably excited about Tales of the Walking Dead. I really need to check myself. Yeah, I think you should check yourself for, for a minute and just have, have a moment. Wait and see what happens. But, okay, thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for that unpep talk. AJ I'm Conrad. sorry, but, but you just got to manage your expectations. Yeah, you got to settle down, man. You got to have, you know. expect the worst, hope for the best. Hmm. Uh, and then the Walking Dead Prime is also having a panel on the 22nd, just one hour later. And Scott Gimple is in that one too. So he's a busy dude. He's just going to sit at the same table and people will file in around him. Yep. Uh, this is a much larger panel though. It's going to have Angela Kang, our fave yeah, yeah. Uh, director and su- special effects supervisor, Greg Nicotero. Nice. And they'll be trotting out uh, a bunch of the actors who are soon to be no longer employed by the walking dead. I imagine this is probably one of I don't know if this is one of their last, but they've got to be, not having as many of these requirements anymore since the show has wrapped months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be Norman Reedus. He still has a job. M- Melissa McBride, Christian Serratos, uh, who is Rosita, Ross Marquand, Aaron, Carrie Payton, Ezekiel, Seth Gilliam, Father Gabriel, Josh McDermott, Eugene, Michael James Shaw, Kaylee Fleming, and Lauren Ridloff. I don't know who any of those are. I think Ro- Lauren Ridloff might be Lydia. Yeah, I think that's who that is. Yep. I think. I don't recall. Or is that um, Judith? Either way, so those last three names I'm not familiar with. Oh, Michael James Shaw is um, Mercer. Oh, Lauren. <laughs> she is not. Uh, no, is she someone else? She is very much somebody Lauren else. Lauren Ridloff. The name is familiar. She's, she's Connie. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Kaylee Fleming is Judith. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, nobody ever accused me of being too smart. <laughs> Uh, so in this, they're going to announce, we think, the premiere date for the final volume of season 11. And I don't know what else. Some some funny stories. Well, I think there will be a lot of rem- reminiscing and all that stuff. You know how they do that kind of, you know, fan service and all that for for these kinds of like the farewell, the long goodbye and all that stuff. It so feels like a very long goodbye, given that it's 24 episode season. Like this I know, is I the know. longest of goodbyes, but they've earned it. Day. They've earned it after 11 seasons and those 11 seasons taking place over you know, 12 years. Yeah. So. Um, and then another panel that I'm kind of, I, well, less excited about, but I, I, I want to be excited about is the Anne Rice TV series that I think is also coming to AMC. Um, and that will be the next day on Saturday, July 23rd at two featuring executive producer, Mark Johnson, 
creator, writer, and showrunner Rollin Jones, and then cast members Sam Reed, Jacob Anderson, Bailey Bass, Bass, and Eric Bogosian. I don't know any of those people. Sam Reed. Wait. Is Sam Reed the guy from Jurassic Park? Uh, I don't know. Sam, nope. <laughs> I need to stop guessing who yeah, people you are. Just <laughs> Um, I, you know, there's been not a ton of information about this show. And so far, any kind of like live actions, like rendition of Anne Rice's novels have been pretty poor, at least from my point of view. So Queen of the Damned is one of the few films that I walked out of in the theater. Oh, it's so bad. It was so bad. Um, And I like. Maybe, maybe this is different. Maybe this will be actually a really good series. So I will reserve judgment till it actually comes out. I, I do think it feels like there's a dearth of information and maybe they're just saving that up to sort of build the anticipation for this panel. But it's a little bit, a little worrying that we haven't heard that much. So we'll see. Um, and, you know, it's hopeful. Maybe it'll be good and I, I my fears will be totally incorrect. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, I, I just it's not ever been something that they've been successful in well, leveraging into a real into a decent show. And it was an interview with a vampire decent with those Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise. Did, I thought that was terrible. Did you not enjoy that at all? I did not. I thought it was really bad. I mean, Kirsten Dunst, I think, was, uh, was I think that? that she was the only saving grace of that <laughs> film, um, I think. And like, I just thought they it was terrible. Um and I, I mean, the idea of Tom Cruise as a stat is just laughable. Tom so. Cruise is one of these actors who, when people hear who he's playing, they're always like, that guy? No way. Uh, Jack Reacher was one of those roles that that giant dude from uh, right. Titans has gone on to completely embody because he actually is seven feet tall, which is what well, Reacher is supposed to be. And that's my thing. And I think that, you know, I look, I think that Tom Cruise is good at some very specific roles and that's fine. I think he gets excited about certain characters and wants to play those characters. He never should have been cast as Jack Reacher. Um, I think he did do some kind of interpretation of that, which I guess was okay. I, I, I just thought after you see the series, how could you ever think that anybody but that dude should be playing Jack Reacher? You know what I mean? The series was so good and it exactly, I just thought that he did such an, that actor did such an amazing job. Like, have you ever read those books? Um, I've read like a couple, like I've read like one or two of them and like they're that formulaic kind of vengeance thing uh mm-hmm. like very it feels a little bit like uh clancy yeah i just watched uh, kind of binged actually last weekend or last week all of the terminal list which is a chris pratt vehicle on amazon hmm. prime oh how was that i i saw it being advertised but i haven't watched it yet it, i mean it was entertaining it is it's kind of more of that though it's like yeah, yeah. i mean there is a form you know what i mean there's yeah. like a formula to these kinds of things and it's not bad it's entertaining but you're kind of like okay how many more shows can we have like this but yeah you know, but regardless, I just think that he did such a better job as Jack Reacher. And um, and I think this is the same thing. Um, I, I think that there's a few different people that could play these kinds of roles, but I, he's just not like Tom Cruise. It shouldn't be playing the stat. So, well, he, anyway. I don't think is up for the role uh, in, in this one. I believe it's this guy, Sam Reed, who is not in Jurassic Park. He's an Australian actor, though, like Sam Neill. Who oh. was in Jurassic Park? Nice. Uh, um, I'm an idiot. Well, but, so this I, guy was yeah. born in 1987. 
he's blonde. I think Lestat is blonde. So there you go. Right away, he's uh, he's closer. Of course, it would be even better if he was French, but um, we'll take Australian in a pinch. Yeah, he's closer. He's all right, I suppose. So we will uh, hopefully get some more details about that show and um, follow them eagerly. And I think, you know, we're definitely vampire curious on Reanimated. So we, there's a there's a, a potential future where we um, talk about that show on this very yeah, podcast. Yeah. Well, well, I'll I will absolutely give it a try. I'm just reserving, you know, my expect, reserving my judgment, managing my expectations um, until until we get there. Um, and the other thing that they are also they AMC also acquired rights to is the. Um, the Lives of the Mayfair Witches, which is another Anne Rice. Um, yeah, I think they got her whole catalog, didn't they? Yeah, and so that's the other thing. Um, and again, like, look, she there's some things that you could easily make into like a good thing. I, like, I, I do think she goes off the rails a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, so let's see what happens. There's lots of ways you could go wrong as well yeah. as lots of ways you could go right. I'm thinking the about the parts of Lasher and uh, uh, the, those, yeah. those books that I remember and they are yeah. pretty freaking pretty out bad. there. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty bad. Um, and she's like, I mean, especially with like that particular, I didn't, I don't know that it looks like now I'm looking at it. It looks like she wrote a lot more in that series that I just never got to. Cause I was like, Oh, these are pretty, pretty rough um but you know i think she was going for like a super kind of like gothic over the top soap opera tale and she did but it was you know making this into i guess it lends itself to making it to making a really dramatic series um if you're gonna go that way but we shall see Mm. um pretty i don't know i just thought some of it was so like pretty (laughs) crazy and like oh my gosh really that's where you went um you know uh that i just the idea of it as a show we'll we'll have to see where they where they take this um so to speak so definitely putting that on the back burner um would you want to talk about another show that could potentially go off the rails which is what we're going to be talking about today no, marvel zombies uh, oh wait marvel zombies that's right sorry about that go for it so um the non-amc announcement that we should be excited about at comic-con uh is going to be marvel who are going to be on friday the 22nd just before and during the <laughs> Walking <laughs> Dead panels. So I guess you can't have all of your cake and eat it too. Uh, and that's going to be um, exclusive looks at X-Men 97, What If Season 2, and Marvel Zombies The Show, mm. which we have talked about a little bit. I think I was wondering if it was actually happening. Um, so I guess it is, and we're going to see a little bit of it maybe, or people at Comic-Con will. The rest oh, of no, us might have to wait a while. It'll definitely get leaked. It'll yeah. definitely get leaked. Yeah. Come on. Granny cell phone video uh, coming yeah. any moment. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have a, a glance at what that's going to be. Uh, I want to know, like, you know, how many how many episodes they're looking at. Um, I don't want them to fall down on this one. Uh, I want this to be uh, of the same level as. A <laughs> yeah, I, I, w- I would like this to be a good show, so. Please execute. These are just going to be all animated shows, though. X-Men 97, Marvel Zombies, and What If. Obviously, What If already came out. This is an animated show, which kind of introduced us to Marvel Zombies. So how cool is that? That just like a short time later, they're talking about the Marvel Zombies show. I know. Spinoff, if you will. Um, Very exciting stuff. Yep. Um, 
and now we can talk about the other thing. <laughs> now we can so, talk about it. We are talking about Day of the Dead television series, which premiered on Sci-Fi or Sci-Fi, as I like to call it sometimes, um, in the fall. And at this point in time, it has not been canceled or renewed. So I would say probably unlikely it's going to come back. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about it. We, we watched the first couple episodes. I have to confess, I watched more than the first couple episodes. So, oh, H.A. How? I know. You, you, you got that caught up in it that you were just like, oh, I've got to uh, keep watching. No, it was more like, does it get better? Ah. <laughs> and so anyway. Um, well, you know, that's of, of the, the the array of reactions you could have to a show. That's not the worst. Like, no. And there are some definitely some promising things in this. And I was trying to sort of get into the um, sort of the idea of what they were trying to do here. Um, and there's some things that they do that are very Romero-esque and very much playing into that legacy. Um, which is good, given that it's named Day of the Dead. They're trying. Um, they're trying. They're trying, but not always successfully. You know, so I that- wish there was more background or behind yeah. the scenes and from production information about this show. I feel like there's there really very little out there. And there isn't. And so that was the other thing is I, w- I was like, OK, let me see a little bit more about this. And really just not a ton of information, which I thought was interesting because you would have thought that they would have tried to leverage, at least for like PR purposes, just trying to do even just some interviews and things like that. And it just, it seems pretty sort of silent about this particular. Sci-fi itself, sci-fi.com. They have, um, they have a team of writers who are recapping the show and talking about power rankings and doing that kind of stuff. Mostly just to like, you know, build up the hype. Um, But yeah, as far as actual behind the scenes or, or like people reviewing it, yeah, no, that's between. what I was saying. There just wasn't a lot. And honestly, like even with Black Summer, you would see just so much more out there. And I and I'll admit to you, I was having like some hopes that this would be like a sleeper Black Summer, but I kind of thought it wasn't given that we hadn't heard that much about it. In fact, yeah. we we kind of forgot about it. So so that tells you something. Yeah. Um but anyway, I'm happy to, to chat about it and, and let's talk about the first couple of episodes. Um, yeah. And, you know, they they do a very much like a, a cold open in that we've got um, a very immediate um, zombie emergency. And, you know, the, like so they set the table, but they set it in a way in a similar way so that you it's not like you're getting a full lead up. Um, and so they. You know, they have these two teens um, that have been in a car accident and they wake up and they see all the the sort of zombies running around. Um, And then they do sort of you get the the idea that everything's been overrun and they're escaping. And, you know, those you get the immediate zombie effects like the zombies are slow. Um, There is definitely like a camp horror element to this from the get go. Um, and you know, that to me is very much true to how Romero did these kinds of films. Um, but so, so that to me was like right off the bat, it's like, okay, slow zombies. Um, I would say though, that these two guys, Cam, the characters, Cam and what's the other dude's name? 
Luke. Luke. They look too much alike, even though they have different color hair. Yeah, their right? hairstyles are the same, and they're about they're... the same height, and they're both white guys. I'm just like, <laughs> these guys are like twins almost, except that one of them has brown hair, one of them is blonde, but their one haircuts are almost shorts. the same. Yeah, one, one of them is wearing shorts. cargo shorts, which I did notice. In fact, in fact, that is how I used. <laughs> that's what I used to differ. Oh, it's the shorts guy, just, right? Like I used look that like to... two young actors trying to find their break, but also having like medium long actor hair. Like, yeah. give, give one of these guys a different haircut for God's sake. That's well, all I want. Yeah, yeah, they both they look very they have similar things going on. Um, but, you know, just sort of the whole, OK, they're going to escape. And and the campy part that I'm talking about, it's the makeup and the effects. Um, but they are slow zombies. They're very much Romero zombies. Um, but there is also that sort of like ridiculousness of, you know, when they're running away from these things which are they get like boxed into a corner in a way that's kind of silly because they could just run around these things yeah um and it feels like it's kind of forced and you're just like oh for the love of pete just just run around them because they're not moving that fast um, they do one of these things that romero movies would do where they would show you a close-up of a zombie right but it's in one it's in one area and then these right. guys run down an alley and around a corner and that same zombie shows up there like two seconds later and you're right, just like right. Wait, weren't you over there Just before? Over and- there, and they do reuse a lot of the zombies, which yeah. I, I think was kind of deliberate, honestly. And they do that whole thing where it's like you see the the ER zombie, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like they do that whole that whole thing where it's like you have the zombie characters, basically. Um, and this, then- so this is all taking place in the town of because I think we see the street, the town sign. We do. What's it called? Minnehawken or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Which gives you uh, East Coast vibes, but the weather is definitely giving me West Coast vibes. It's like overcast. It's it reminds me of the X Files. Um, it's just it's like gray. It's like Vancouver weather. I feel like. So yeah, I think it's supposed to be set in Pennsylvania, but I definitely didn't feel like this was in Pennsylvania. Um, and so that is also a callback to the Romero thing, um, the whole Pennsylvania thing. Um, yeah, but and I would I, say that Luke has a slight hint of a Canadian accent. I don't know if oh, he is Canadian. Oh, yes, he definitely does. And yes, he is. Yeah. Um, and he's not the only one. There's a few people with some very Canadian accents. And honestly, I didn't. Um, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, this is up in Canada. I like I know it's ridiculous because it's clearly supposed to be sent in America, but I think he's not the only one that has that Canadian thing going on. And as it turns out, they filmed I think they filmed this in Vancouver. Well, he's from Vancouver, so this is backyard. Yeah. Uh, um, this, yeah. This I mean, that's where X-Files was shot. I don't know if that's just me making a leap, but I was like, this does feel a lot like Scully, uh, Scully and Mulder are going to run out of the woods here any second and flash that badges. Would've, that would have been a really great. <laughs> thing to happen <laughs> i would have been on board with such a thing but uh, um so anyway they do this cold open and um you get this sort of level of ridiculousness um towards you know the end of this particular scene and um the mayor shows up uh we've we're, we know she's the mayor because they sort of preview this with the campaign posters and things like that there's like a front page article also yeah yeah and so we know this and it's uh luke's mom and she's carrying a gun and is two two guns and is talking (laughs) about second amendment rights and it's Uh, like oh no really and i was like 
oh, this is a rough one to be watching this week. But um, that, you know, they make fun of that later on, too. Um, well, it's it's also- a huge. Yeah, it's a massive part of their, you know, big capital T theme for this mm-hmm. show is this like conservative politics. And we get into it more and more in the, in the first two episodes. Yeah. And then uh, we also get a, a glimpse of definitely a callback to Romero, but we get a, a glimpse as the teens are escaping with the gun mare mare um, of a bub, which uh, turns out to be Cam's dad. And why do you, you know, feel like he's a bub? Because he's wearing a jacket that says bub. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> so that's a callback to, to Romero in, in Day of the Dead. And so... Um, that's definitely, you know, um, and then they flash into like the, you know, however out many hours or it's hours before, right? Or hours or weeks. Before. I kind of miss that also. Um, yeah. Um, and then they go and then they, you know, start the sort of where the story all began. Um, so and lots of modern elements thrown into this, but I would say a similar commentary on on capitalism and. Um, in this case, it's about um, fracking. So they added that sort of more modern day twist to this. Um, but um, but that is sort of where the the origins of this story start out is basically at this fracking site. Um, and you get the sense even from like the flashes of the, the mayor's campaign and the articles and things like that. This is like a bone of contention in the town and a certainly a um, hot button issue um and so that is sort of where the beginning starts out and i would i don't think that it's the worst way to start um it did feel a little forced and a little like silly but i also felt like they were trying to do that i don't think it was i think it was somewhat deliberate like they're trying to sort of walk this line of seriousness and campy and ridiculousness but also hey we're talking about serious issues and I think that that is definitely trying to be in line with the Romero way of doing things. Yeah, I think they're 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 trying to stay uh, Romero, but I think that that also comes with its own share of of peril because Romero was often way heavy handed and ham fisted with the way he presented his thematic material. Yeah, and I don't know that they're always successful in sort of walking that line, um, but. You know, we've got and it did feel like I felt like these two episodes felt really slow to me um, or there were parts that felt really slow. Uh, did you feel that pacing was a little off or say the slowest head? part of this episode? The first episode was when he tries to uh, drive away from a crowd of zombies in the cemetery on his riding lawnmower, which yeah. it, it moves slower than he could walk. Right. I mean, they wanted that because that's on the poster is like yeah. mowing zombie heads as they come out of the ground. You have yeah. like, they're really committed to that. I used to have one of those riding lawnmowers there. They can go way faster than they have this guy going. So it, that was just like kind of absurd, but uh, yes, it was a little slow paced. Um, you know, it, it's just not helped by the fact that it's so overcast and gray and um, like this guy's supposed to be getting married. And I'm like, you're getting married and outside. And it's like, completely overcast and and gray out uh gross well also he's getting married on a weekday is, is it a weekday thought, it's not clear i think it is a weekday um and it's kind of strange um it just feels uh, the whole that part feels odd um 
And so there's yeah. like things like that that are a little, uh, you know, and then the other the other part of the sort of the pacing, there's there's a lot of dramatic pauses or moments that I'm just like, OK, this could have just been tightened. It, you could have tightened this up in the editing room um, like you don't need to sort of go like I guess they they I understand why they did some of these things because it seems so deliberate, but it also wasn't necessarily successful. Um, the one part I was thinking about was with um, the um, oh gosh, why the name of it is escaping me. The the guy who owns the funeral home or who works at the funeral home. Yeah, Laszlo. Laszlo. Um, and there's a lot done to make him very like evil mustache twirly. And he's that- just gross. He's gross. Um, and and I'm not shocked because this is also like it was a very heavy handed way to treat this. And I don't know that they necessarily needed to do that um, other than to make the audience cheer once, you know, he get, you know, he gets his comeuppance. But um, I just thought that all of those things were, were really unnecessary. So they do things with him where he's um, basically blackmailing Lauren, who's on parole. Uh, and works in the funeral home to go out, out for a drink with him. I mean, I guess they use this speech to reveal that she's sober and that she's had issues and that she's on parole. And that's probably the purpose of this. But then they get into like this kind of gross stuff with him where he's got a secret camera in the room watching her undress, which I was like, do we really need to do that? He's gro- just his comments before were gross enough. I don't know. What do you think, Stuart? Yeah, you probably don't need to double down with that. Right. But how else were they going to get her to have like an almost nude scene? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it just to me seemed completely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and Maybe then, they were just really making sure that he deserved to die, you know? Right. Um, and then also, so, so, and I would say we have like a few different sections of the cast. So we've got the, the Cam and um, Luke kind of section, although they're not actually together for a lot of this. Um, but they, they only know. have one scene together and they're enemies, like mortal enemies. Right. Um, but it's like the mayor and her entourage, that whole, that whole thing. There's also, um, Lauren who kind of interacts with cam. So I guess they have their own little thing. They have, um, they have, uh, chemistry, I think. Yeah, no, they're good together. And then Luke's actually with another actor for most of this. Who, um, who is who? Like, what's that kid's name? What's the actor's name? I have no idea. I don't know. It's escaping me. Um, but, you know, they do a good job, I think, at, at sort of showing the different stories. Um, and then the story that I'm most confused by is actually the doctor story, uh, Jay. Um, he's yeah. supposed to be getting, he's the one supposed to be getting married on a weekday. Um, there's lots of things going on with him, but, and it seems like this day just has a lot of time in it for a wedding day and he's doing things that I just think are weird for he's a wedding going day. to work. <laughs> he's going to like work. Then he goes like, I don't know. It just feels like he has way too much time on his hands Yeah, on his wedding day. And he's marrying horrible. Yeah. I mean, his, his fiance seems to be a terrible person. Uh, I mean, I, that's maybe a stretch. Like the fact that her ex-boyfriend is her man of honor, uh, which they making, they're making into a whole thing in this plot. Uh, the fact that she like this is an episode two, but she like manipulates him into not delaying the wedding so that his parents can attend. Yeah. Uh, and that one that yeah. to me is like, OK, dude, you know your answer now. And that's that this shouldn't be happening. Right. And um, her dad is also 
oh. gives him a prenup on the wedding day. I mean, I know I realize that I'm just like regurgitating story parts that are supposed to make me feel this way, but uh, like, the, well, the thing you start to think is like, yeah, Jay has no backbone and he is, he's making bad decisions. And so there's plenty of room for him to have a heroic story arc, I guess now, because he's going to go from this guy who's getting pushed around by these horrible people um, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to rise up. Right. And I mean, and they're doing that deliberately. They're also, I'm sure, making her horrible, the father-in-law horrible, um, all sorts of things with him just so that I guess we can watch him triumph or I hope we'll watch him triumph. Um, and I do like him as an actor. I think he's very good. I just think at least at this point, there isn't a ton of like, I don't know. There's not a ton to grab onto here, but I think that that's as you're as you're predicting, probably going to be a transformation. He also has almost the same volume of hair as those other two young actors. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. It's just a lot of hair. Yeah. Um, And then there, there is a character in this that they introduce, which I I actually really enjoy. And she's the the. Uh, elderly woman that's his patient that he's given a terminal um, like prognosis for um, and she's kind of fun but again very tropey and like you know she's she's like drinking spirits that she's hidden she's like sassy she's like oh I'm just gonna you know I'm 84 years old I'm just gonna like kick off now you know like so there's like there there's definitely these tropey characters that they're and tropey themes that they're kind of putting putting to their paces here through their paces here. So, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that includes like the whole thing with the two friends that have drifted apart and, you know, all of that. Oh, is that the, okay. Maybe that's from later on where you realize that they're yeah. drifted apart. I don't think I've gotten that impression yet. Um, there's a very, actually, I don't even know if this is that Romero esque, but where um, there's a scene where Cam and Lauren are in the funeral home right after she's bashed Peepaw's head in and they've actually, it's an episode two. So they've, She's this was a scene from the trailer. We knew it was coming. It's still funny where she kills funny zombie awesome. grandpa. Uh, they go down to the basement. There's problems in the basement yes. um, and they come back up. And then Cam says to her, uh, it's not their fault. The, um, the system preys on their prejudices and it uses them for their vote and abandons them to big corporations to profit yeah, off their yeah, misery. Yeah. You're just like, whoa that's your thesis like that's the sh- and it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit much for them to actually come out and say all that but uh i guess if in a way because of the way that they're introducing some of these characters it's not really clear yet if they are actually proponents of fracking and open carry law uh, <laughs> you're not really sure but then once once cam comes out and says that in the second episode and they could have they could have waited a while longer and just nope. kind of it's like very, eked it out a little yeah. bit more very direct. Um, very direct. They do this. They do this also with like, um, the the fracking site and the people on the site there, and yeah, you know, there's there's all sorts of um, very I don't know, very to me, very clear signaling where this theme is headed. Um, I feel like the which, thing that Cam says in the funeral home might have been something that someone, a talking head, might have said on TV in Dawn of the Dead. I think um, it is um, <laughs> sort of that sort of delivery of exposition where it was usually kind of like, Oh, what's on TV. Oh, those guys are still arguing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, to me, like some of the most fun scenes that were the funeral home scenes. Yes. Um, 
because the woman and playing I, Lauren is a lot of fun. Awesome. And uh, she's, she's funny. She's got she's got a lot of charisma. She's a nice looking lady. Um, and and yeah, she's like the 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 cast of characters in that in that basement room are are really serving up some fun performances. Like the moron, the the grandson of the of the dead guy, is pretty funny. Uh, his cousin or whatever who opens the 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 door who apparently has a PhD in sociology. Like this, the one who let the zombies out is the smart one. <laughs> yeah, which you know they call out, which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of fun stuff going on there. Um, I, I don't know how much patience I have for the um, super fake guts stuff. I mean, that's kind of deliberate and schlocky, I think, for a reason. And it is the that is very Romero and like. Uh, the one thing that they just really just play to the hilt is that that noise, that like wet, disgusting noise that they do um, throughout it, um, which, you know, and all of this and silly, ridiculous things with the, you know, intestines and the things that, you know, uh, like I think are definitely over the top, but I think they're trying to do it in, in a very campy way. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I would also say that the character of Lauren the sort of like canon of of Day of the Dead and the the Romero series. Um, so she gets bitten. Yeah. And I guess we'll have to see what happens there. Um, but it feels like that isn't I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with that. And also in terms yeah. of killing these things, they don't even seem to die when you hit them in the head. Yeah, they'd cut one of their heads right off and it still stood up and walked around, didn't they? Um, yeah, that was messed up. And the, the guy who reanimates at the end of episode two was shot in the head. Like that was his method. That was yeah. his cause of death. So it, we might be looking at a um, return of the living dead sort of scenario here where we've got extra hard to kill zombies. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, a lot of episode two consists. Well, there are several scenes in episode two of uh, Luke and his buddy hauling a keg through the woods. Um, I think that might lead to some of the, why the, these episodes drag a fair amount. Um, those scenes yeah. are, they're not usually long scenes and they are developing character and make you like Luke more, I would say, because of the, the things he's saying to his friend. Um, and they also deliver a little bit of this background where he's like, you know, when well, maybe the Enfields are behind this, uh, they, they have these people who basically got buried in a lake. Um, and I think we might get to meet them and they might be behind the you know the ultimate reason for why everything is happening that's happening yeah but they also do a little bit of uh you know at least when um jay goes out to the wedding site which is like a country club they have all this sort of uh history of the native americans that have oh, lived yeah. there yeah so i was like it we have a few possible reasons um and they seem to linger upon those things a really long time so wait for that to come back i yeah. suppose um uh, I think one of the more to me that the the scenes in the woods were kind of draggy. I also th- thought that the stuff out at the fracking site was kind of like it felt slow to me yeah. um, and obvious to me because they find uh, basically a zombie with a sort of like a, a mask on in like this cave of the fracking site, um, clearly setting up this Blackwood woman as a hero. Um, although she's pretty cool. I like her. Um, but there's this whole sort of like roundabout way where they're, you know, she's like a whistleblower and calls the cops about the fact that they found a body. The The company 
foreman is really angry that she did this and then corporate intervenes somehow to get the mayor or somebody to call off the um to call off the investigation but yet those if it wasn't for those meddling kids we're gonna go and like explore this um and that's with um cam's dad um and he's you know like we it's pretty clear that like the wife has died or something and he's sad and he and cam aren't getting along and I don't know. He's he's a detective and like that whole story felt very draggy and kind well, of like part of it. Part of the reason why is because, you know, he's dead. Like, why do we need to yeah, go so, through all of this? Like, yeah. Stuff so, with him? And it's a lot like it just keeps it's just really draggy. And so, you know, there's this whole drama thing where they put him down in the hole and they're going to frack with him in there. And so much B-roll, so much of the same B-roll of right. somebody's like hands manipulating the levers and the drill thing going up and down. Yeah, You're just like, like, it's like, what I don't need to see this here? so many times. I, we've seen it once. Right. So anyway, um, I just felt like some of this could have been edited a little bit more neatly, but. Yeah. So these episodes are shooting for like a 45 minute runtime or whatever, or like an hour long TV slot, I guess. And um, yeah, it, it does feel longer. it does feel like a long time versus watching Stranger Things like hour and a half long episodes. And I'm just like, oh, it's over already. I know. No. I know. Which, you know, and I really enjoyed it. I liked I thought it was great. So clearly um, we're talking about two very different budget realities. Yeah, but, that's um, true. But, you know, I feel like there's. I feel like they had enough of a budget here to at least be okay with editing. So that, because to me, it wasn't even like effects or anything like that. To me, this was just pure, like, why, why would we like, maybe they were trying to fill, I suppose, but it feels like they should have had enough to go with. Um, So it also felt a little bit like that once they, you know, are escaping the funeral home because they, they make a lot out of the sort of throwing the guts out of the back of the hearse like that scene went on for a really long time yeah yeah and then they don't even pick up the other randos they just kind of like drive away from them right which is maybe that was the plan because they're just trying to like create a escape yeah Yeah. an opportunity um yeah the the mayor character clearly she's going to be around for a while Mm -hmm. uh she feels like she's a little too ripped from the headlines of of like you know some members of the house of representatives right now except she's the mayor of a small town like part of the the disconnect for me is that they are taking like current national politics and baking it down into a into a one town sort of microcosm Uh, well but they also have like she's clearly ambitious so like I, i you know i i think that they're trying again it's like playing to this very specific trope right like it's it's putting this trope in and this is very I mean, Romero did that, too, especially with like Day of the Dead with the military people. Right. Mm. And that was one of the complaints that we had about some of the things that he does is that they, he's just it's very much like a flat characterization. Right. Maybe she'll have more room to grow uh, in the future episodes. I don't know that we're going to come back to this show. Do you feel like we should? I don't know that we should. Um, I think we could watch the rest of it and summarize. I don't think we should do an episode by episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I mean, it's, it, there are parts of it that are a lot of fun to watch that, but I say that they are the minority. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, do you have anything else to, to talk about in the first two episodes? No, I think, I think we have covered it. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if they actually do renew this, but it doesn't feel like, I feel like if they have it by now, like, no, 
it doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen, right? Uh, who knows, man? Like Black Summer hasn't been renewed as far as we know. No, true. And yet that show. Uh, well, that's head and shoulders above this show. But it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, uh, then I would say without further ado, uh, let us let us uh, wrap up. But what do you want to talk about next time? Are we going to do the. Why don't we start with the Resident Evil series? And do you want to try the first couple episodes? Yeah, let's Resident. do it. If you have any thoughts about Day of the Dead series, please leave us a message on the website, reanimatedpodcast.com. Oh <laughs> it's been years. I know. Um, also tweet at us, reanimatedpcast, or you can Gmail us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And that is all, folks. Ciao. That's all, folks. That's not copyrighted or anything. Uh, Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you later.